1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
2: Hello and welcome into the CHGO White Sox show presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook. Download the app and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. Welcome in to Studio A. My name is Herb Lawrence. I'm usually sitting in the middle seat, but you see there's only two of us right here if you're watching on YouTube Live. We appreciate that. Thank you very much. But today I'm acting as host because Sean Anderson is in Las Vegas still winning a lot of money. If you're following him on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson, you can see that he lost the bet for $100, but then he went to the slots, which is where you win the money and won like $500. So I'm acting as him, even though my pockets are not the same as that. My name is Herb Lawrence. Wall 23 is the way you can follow me on Twitter. I am usually the White Sox community leader here on CHGO White Sox. Vinny is in the missing formation, too. So we have Janice here sitting in for both Vinny and Sean. You can follow her at uh, Scuriosa on Twitter.
0: Wearing all. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Wearing two pairs of shoes today, both Sean's and Vinny's.
2: Yes, you are. And they're, they're nice shoes. They're kicks.
0: And my own shoes, too.
2: So today we have some really bad news. We do this grading system where we've been going through pretty much mostly positive grades. Today is a day that we're going to be failing somebody. I'm sorry, I'm breaking news to you. We're going to be grading Yasmani Grandal. We'll give you the reasons why, in particular, why Yasmani Grandal is getting an F. But if you've been watching the White Sox, you understand that Yasmani Grandal did not have a spectacular season. A little later in the hour, we'll have New York Times bestselling author Jeffrey Perlman here to talk about his new book about Bo Jackson. And I read pretty much most of this book. And ugh, I tell you what, man, it's no punches were held by Jeff Perlman. He's telling the truthy truth about Bo, good, bad, and different. And I love that about him. Sometimes you get these biographies, especially when you have access to the person that you're doing it, the biography on. And you want to be all positive, but there was no punches pulled by Jeff and I'll talk with him or we'll talk with him a little later about what he felt there. Did you read some of this book?
0: Uh, yeah, I'm almost finished with it, and oh, I man. have to say, uh, a lot of my problem with biographies, and I, I'm a bit of a reader. Uh, my problem with biographies is that they tend to be very dry. Mm-hmm. This one was not dry. Uh, just like you mentioned, uh, Jeff pulled no punches. It is a very just visceral, honest uh, account of Bo's life, uh, and I honestly came in not really knowing anything uh, about Bo Jackson beyond you know just the legends people have told, mm-hmm. and, I, and I really loved the the tall tale kind of of a legendary aspect that Jeff uh, took with it so very entertaining read and I've also got some I have plenty of questions especially regarding uh, the introduction of the book I thought it was especially interesting about the, the brick that he tried to bring through TSA
2: yes I mean Bo Jackson was a wild wild child like if you thought you know the the baddest kid in the world Ooh, read this book. You might have to change your mind. You, the last folk hero right there, The Life and Myth of Bo Jackson by Jeff Proman. We'll be talking to him about 4.30. If you are listening on YouTube, it will be halfway through this podcast. But let's start off on something very, very positive. Today is October 26th. To White Sox fans, you know what that means. It is the day that the White Sox won, not one, but two games in the World Series. Remember that Game 3 went over midnight and Jeff Blum's home run that gave him the lead sealed the victory in game three, and they came back in that next day or the same day and won the World Series. I like to think about Joe Buck's call, even though people don't like Joe Buck. Uribe charges, throws out, and the White Sox have won the World Series. I remember how I felt on that day. Janice says, a young cat at that time, how would you feel about the White Sox winning October 26, 2005?
0: it just seemed that uh, it, it it all came together uh even just w- i remember watching the team in spring training and just even knowing how incredibly strong they were right out of the gate and they just seemed to keep it up with maybe that that exception of that fateful september where it oh, seemed yeah. as if uh things might not necessarily go as planned but hey things actually worked out uh but otherwise uh, yeah as soon as that call was made uh it's yeah almost like So it it was almost like even though I was only 19 at the time, I I had been like just waiting like several lifetimes for this to happen. Yep. Uh, So uh, again, here I sit just uh, some odd years later waiting for that same feeling.
2: (laughs) Goodness gracious, (laughs) it's been 17 years. When I recalled that and I watched the video again... I was like, that seems and people say it all the time. It seems like yesterday doesn't seem like yesterday, but it doesn't seem 17 years ago, mostly because I'm trying to hold on to my youth. 43 now as a 26 year old man had the world in front of me enjoying life. The White Sox were winning World Series. We're going to win one the year after that. We didn't. We didn't even make the playoffs the next year. So like thinking Mm -hmm. about that day. I had been working at the score as uh, my second time in uh, working at the score. I had three iterations of the score uh, uh, career and I was working the board with our CHGO Blackhawks host, Jay Zawaski. So I was on the board. Jay was on the phones. He was the executive producer at that time of the Lawrence home show. We at the score did not have the white Sox yet. That, as Joe Tucci points out, John Rooney's call was on ESPN 1000 at the time, and now they're back on ESPN 1000. So the next year, we were going to be getting the White Sox on our station. So we had a vested interest, as all of us were White Sox fans, except for Jay Zawaski, who had switched the year before to being a White Sox fan to a Cub fan. Mm.
0: Boo!
2: Jay uh, Sox. Yeah. Um, but
0: Insight. Yep.
2: Like, we were like, okay, let's counter-program What's going on in the World Series? So people who are not White Sox fans are going to be listening to the score at the time. They don't want to hear White Sox stuff because all the White Sox fans are either listening to ESPN 1000 or watching this game on Fox. So we're counter-programming the whole night, like with Bulls and Blackhawks and Bears stuff. And then finally, when the out actually happened... I was so excited i was just still on the board just looking up at the screen i was like oh god it's so great and jay and being a great guy that he was he allowed me to get off the board he took over for me and i just ran around the studio like just a madman real quick just hooting and hollering because as a 12 year old i think it was the first time i became a white Sox fan in 1990 and then as a 26 year old to see all those dreams come true it was like a culmination i thought i would cry I didn't. I tried to keep it all steady because I was in front of other people and I thought it would be a little bit emotional, but it was a whirlwind because 11-1 and one went like that. It was so quick, so unexpected because we're the White Sox. We had never been in a World Series as fans. I mean, the last time they had been in a World Series was 1959, and the last time before that was 1919, so it's been a few times only for the White Sox to be in the playoffs, and so... When they beat Boston that quickly, I was like, oh, hey, it's awesome. They beat the defending champions, the reigning champions. Awesome. Then they beat the Angels. It's like, man, this is gravy. I think
0: the Angels were the only team to defeat the White Sox. They were. Paul Burt. Yeah, that one time.
2: Soft-tossing righty flummoxed the White Sox. And then going through the Astros in four games, even though all those games were pretty much tough – it was an exhilarating feeling for me as a young cat to know that the White Sox are on top of the baseball world. And subsequently, since then, it's like every time ESPN or a national media outlet gets a chance to, they forget the White Sox won the 2005 World Series all the time. I mean, ESPN famously listed all the championships since 2000 and had the White Sox not in there. I was like, come on now. Like, I mean, what are we doing? What are we doing here? Like, we literally won, and we had the best record tied with, uh, I think, the, uh, I forgot the Yankees, the Yankees with the best yeah. record of all time in a postseason. That is in danger, folks, because the, the Houston Astros. Astros have not lost a game yet. They are 7-0. and If they win all the rest of the games, which I expect them to, they'll be 11-0. and They'll have an immaculate postseason and probably will be named probably the best team in baseball in this modern era.
0: Uh, but – Will the Astros throw four consecutive complete games? That is, the, that is the gauntlet I want to throw down. I mean, if if they do sweep the postseason, that's very impressive. Uh, but I'm going to need that pitching staff to step up a little bit. I don't know. The 2005 White Sox are still the GOAT team, in my opinion. I don't think
2: that. I mean, I don't think it'll ever happen. Even if you have four aces and four horses, just based on how pitchers are – you know, the third time around, they kind of get exposed. Secondly, uh, managers are just risk-averse nowadays. They don't have the cojones, they, the wherewithal. They just stay with your pitcher. Like, you have a Mark Burley on the bu- on the bump. You do to stay with him all, all the game. Same thing with John Garland, uh, Jose uh, Contreras, and The Rock, Freddie Garcia. It was awesome to see those guys go four games in a row and just dismantle the uh, Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Man, it was just so good. Dan says have faith them silly Phillies will slug at least one win. I, they have from to. Your, I kind of agree from your fingers to God's ears. We need something to happen. Wheeler needs to step up to the plate and shut out the Astros because at least we can just hold on to having the best postseason record in the modern era because they try to erase it. Kirk and I, Kirk M says we will not be erased. We won't. Damn right about that, Kirk, because it's so hard to win a World Series as the White Sox are seeing right now, even getting into the playoffs during a rebuilding and slash contention window right now they didn't even get in this year so savor when the white Sox win the world series again it will happen again i don't know when friends hopefully not another 88 years because i won't be here i can't wait (laughs) janice will you be here
0: in 88 more years Uh, i plan on cryogenically freezing myself sometime soon so i might be
2: Uh, as we were uh, talking about demolition man before the game before the show started we bring it full circle so yeah we'll cryogenically freeze each other do no murder death kills but we will do a Simon Phoenix of our hair though, <laughs> damn right, and eat Taco Bell. Uh, let me get to these reads, and then we'll talk about get your guy Yasmani Grandal. Do you have something else? Uh, oh about yeah, the-
0: uh, yeah. Actually, uh, so October twenty sixth, two thousand five, was a Wednesday, and Herb, what day of the week is it today?
2: Hmm, it is Wednesday. Yes, that is that is symmetry. That's weird.
0: Absolutely, the planets are aligning this lovely Wednesday afternoon.
2: It is, and it was a beautiful day that day. I remember. Going out, my friends. I for the first two games, I went to Tim Theo Tools and watched it with a good friend uh, and his uh, wife, or I think the girlfriend at the time, now wife, uh, Jackie uh, Spencer and Bill Spencer enjoyed some good times out there. And then the games three and four, I was at the score, so I didn't really get to experience all the hoopla with within the south side, within the the streets of Chicago. I didn't even get to go to the parade because we had to work the board that day for the Chicago White Sox parade because we were taking over as the radio home for the White Sox. So I had to be on the board that day. But, you know, there's a worse things to do than be on the board for a championship yep. parade.
0: Like have a 8.30 a.m. class at DePaul Again. Uh, when you live on the south side of Chicago. Hey, I, I, I was I wasn't a wild kid, nor was I a smart kid, so...
2: So, wait, you didn't live on campus?
0: I did not live on campus. I, I lived with my parents at the time. So
2: you had to commute for an 8 a.m. class, 8.30 class. Wow. And, a, and you were a sophomore, so you knew better already.
1: I, I never said I was smart, so. <laughs> I couldn't even make it to my 8 a.m. classes when I was in the dorms, and I was like a fourth <laughs> of a way there. I don't. You, I, oh, my God. I mean, you can
2: <laughs> ask the folks at Western Illinois that, you know, the six months I was there, 8 a.m. classes, man. Those were tough to get to and barely got to any of them. That's why I only was there for six months. I'll tell you what. Let's talk about DraftKings. It's time for October baseball, and I'm betting the action on DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the World Series. Right now, DraftKings Sportsbook has a championship-worthy offer you can't miss. New customers, you can just bet $5 on any World Series game to win $200 in free bets if your team wins. Want to boost your winnings? Check out DraftKings Same Game Parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout, and the more legs you add, the more money you can win. I would say a safe bet if you're a new better, bet one game on the Astros. If it doesn't win in game one, do it on game two. Damn it, because you're gonna win your money.
0: Yeah, it's Taco Bell money.
2: Exactly. You can g- eat some do delicious. Do it. T- that's who is that Just yelling? Do it. Oh, that's uh, my guy Shia LaBeouf. My guy. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code CHGO. And bet $5 to win $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the promo code CHGO. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. MLB trademarks used with permission. Now I got another read. I got to hurry up and scramble to it. It's weird on my phone. I'm just going to sing this song. All right, here at Pins and Aces. I don't think they want me to sing songs. That's going to be weird. Pins and Aces is the official golf apparel partner of CHGO. We love our Pins and Aces gear, and we get tons of compliments on it, on and off the course. They are a family-owned and apparel business. They make amazing polos, hats, golf bags, even our favorite beer sleeve. An innovative, innovative product that allows you to store seven beers right inside your golf bag. Keep drinks cold the entire round. Check out pinsandaces.com and use code CHGO to receive 15% off your first order and get free shipping. That's pinsandaces.com. <sighs> it's time folks. It's our grading segment for Yasmani Grandal. <sighs> After the 2021 season where Yasmani Grandal hit 23 home runs, drove in 60 plus runs, had an OPS of 900 plus, was on base 440% of the time. I was thinking that 2022 would be the breakout year for Yasmati Grandal. Like, it would continue because that was in a half of a season. And so I was thinking, okay, Yasmani Grandal is going to do the thing. He's going to kill this year because he knows the pitchers in the American League. He knows the pitchers in the American League Central specifically. And he started the season hurt, like, we were talking to Vinny the whole time, and Vinny was like, he's kind of hurt. He had offseason knee surgery. So their thing was to let him play through it. And this is a bigger problem I have with the White Sox and the training staff, not letting him rehab that injury and get up to 100% instead of playing through and then looking horrible the whole time. Janice, I know you have an affinity for Yasmani Grandal because of his previous stops and other teams. How do you feel about Yasmani Grandal's 2022?
0: To put this gently, uh, I've heard some people say that this might have been the worst season of Yasmani Grandal's career. Uh, no, statistically, it was the worst season of his career. <sighs> Coming into 2022, he had never had a negative F war season. This, in 2022, he had a p- negative 0.4 F war. Oof. He also fell significantly when it comes to weighted runs created plus 158 in 2021 falling to 68 68 (laughs) last season i made lots and lots of jokes about leori garcia climbing up the weighted runs created plus stat and i think uh he i think he had a multi-hit game and i think he crawled up to 42 or something but yasmani was kind of just dwindling right there uh in the doldrums right with leori so I was trying to comb through the stats, try to see if I can find something redeeming or some kind of explanation as to why he fell off the table so hard. So unfortunately, luck isn't really on his side either. There's not much of a difference between his WOBA and ex-WOBA, Ex-WOBA factoring in launch angle uh, as well as exit velocity. He wasn't hitting the ball very hard either. So when it comes to his WOBA, 263, that is in the bottom 5% of Oof. the league. Not catchers, but the entire dang league. So, they say it's better to be lucky than good. Mm -hmm. But in this case, Yasmani is neither. (laughs) In his 11-year career, he's only had four sub-OPS, 800 OPS years. He was bad, so bad this year that his career average OPS dropped to 785. Uh, So what made him a good hitter, uh, just going back to his 2021 season, was his ability to recognize breaking pitches. That is no longer the case. Now he can't hit anything. Uh, His ground ball rate increased. Uh, Maybe this is part of the Menachino effect, but his fly ball race decreased. Big shocker. As someone who used to have power to all fields, he's also pulling the ball less, even though but all uh, but four of his five homers were pulled. <laughs> five. Yep, just five. I
2: can't even choose my favorite. Mm-hmm.
0: Not only that, but we have yet another hitter in this lineup that can't hit sliders. 34.3% K rate against sliders. Damn. So even though we both know that the entire team decided that home runs were faux pas, uh, but Yasmani's power seemed to d- dwindle as well. So if we look at him defensively, there's really not much to talk about there either. He had as many passed balls as catchers, as runners he threw out. That number is eight.
2: Damn, I don't know it's that bad.
0: And in case you thought that this was even possible, he became even slower somehow. Seven sprint per- speed, according to StatCast, in 2022. One sprint speed in 2020. Or, or, I, I mixed that up, yeah. Seven in 2021. Uh, one in 2022. So,
2: theoretically, I did beat him out there when you I did. fell down. <laughs> he got slower. I stayed fast. So, take that, guys. I'm better than Yasmani Grandal. I'm faster than him. My, mine would be at least a two.
0: Now I did find something. I did find something that might be somewhat redeeming. So so what? So what if he can't hit, right? So I mean at least he can still get on base. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 Mm. Well, in a vacuum, he still walks at a higher rate than the league average. So that's uh, 12 percent, which is the league average. Um, No, no, I'm sorry. Uh, 12 percent is what Yasmani Grandal's walk rate was last year versus 8.4 percent, which was the league average. So in a vacuum, this would be good. But it's complete trash compared when you consider that he walked 23.3 percent the prior year. Mm. That is falling off hard, folks. Uh, So 87 walks uh, in 2021 as opposed to the 45 in 2022. And of course, you know, uh, base runners are always potential runs scored. So in 2022, he scored yet but 15 runs. And this also includes the five home runs he hit. Uh, And that is opposed to 60 the prior year. So if he's not necessarily getting on base uh, or if he's not hitting, then what the heck, man? What the heck? I guess there is also something else I want to give Yasmani. He was at least the best Yasmani on the team. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I will give him that.
2: You go to school with any Yasmanis?
0: No, I actually <laughs> do not. I, 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 I knew a Yasmin. I, mm. I knew a Yamani, Leaf? but I, I've never known a Yasmani before.
2: I wanted to put up those traditional stats again, Sarah, if we could, because I have something very interesting. You see the plate appearances are pretty much simple. The other one, uh, the more traditional stats, that was right. right there. If you're watching on YouTube, you could see the plate appearances in 2021 and plate appearance in 2022. Similar, one, one off, 375 to 376. Then skip over to the hits. You see 67 hits in 2021 and 66 hits in 2022. You're like, okay, same amount of plate appearances, same amount of hits. What happened, Yasmani? The, uh. yeah, the,
0: the, the sample sizes are nearly identical, so this is why, uh, especially going into 2023, uh, if you're concerned about Yasmani Grandal, and if you haven't been, where the heck have you been? Uh, yes, you have plenty of reason to be concerned about Yasmani in 2023.
2: Yeah, and so you look over at the walks, 87 last year, that gave him his 420 on base percentage, because... The one thing we like about Yasmani Grandal is he gets, he gets on base, base. and this year, twenty twenty two, only forty five walks towards on base to being three oh one. This is the big problem right there. He did not recognize pitches as they were thrown. He, for all his deficiencies on defense, for all his deficiencies sometimes on offense, you knew that he was a selective hitter, and when the pitch was in his zone, he used to re- reel it in and light it up, and he used to crush. Or he would just allow a ball to get past, you know, not if it wasn't in a zone and it was a borderline pitch, he would take it, sometimes to his detriment. Last year, those were called balls. This year, more likely than not, they were called strikes, and he didn't have a solid grasp of where the strike zone was. And like you were saying, 33% strikeout rate on a slider alone is abysmal. Terrible. And you see some of the stats we put on right there. These are the MLB percentile rankings. They're The blue – is bad, it's really bad. Pop time for a catcher being the one of the worst is not good, you know, because you already have people like Michael Kopek who doesn't hold on runners and doesn't change his uh his uh motion too much and no slide steps for him. So, when that combination together, it's already gonna be a loss and the stolen base. And so you see going to Cleveland Guardians, that's a triple or double or triple automatically. Sprint speeds at a one, you're not gonna do a lot of damage there if you can't run. Last year, it doesn't, didn't really matter because he was at a seven sprint speed. He scored 60 runs because he got on base. Yep. Not getting on base and being slow is a real bad thing. I, welcome to our people back at uh, XYZ, the best adult site. They haven't, I haven't seen them in a long time. Those are my people out there. But Yasmani Grandal, I mean, there's no doubt that he has earned an F throughout. Like, his defense was poor. you heard Janice talk about the eight pass balls.
0: Eight he pass, pass balls. balls to match up with the eight thrown out runners. Uh, oh. So, Herb, uh, you mentioned uh, working with the pitching staff too. So, in 2019, when Yasmani Grandal was signed and Dallas Keuchel was announced, uh, not too much further after that. Uh, on paper, the two of them working together made a whole lot of sense. You yep. essentially had a corner painting lefty with a catcher known for framing, known for stealing strikes. So, uh, on paper, you would think that, hey, you know, this is going to be synergy. This is going to work out well, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, that did not happen at all. So, uh, that's just an, another example of, hey, you know what? You can, like, just be a nerd and, you know, just comb over stats and stuff like that endlessly uh meaningless in the face of whatever the hell the white Sox did last year uh but one other thing i want to mention too uh so i wrote a piece on yasmani grandal in september of 2021 so uh, yasmani grandal is traditionally a very good hitter in september for whatever yep. reason like uh, What's strange about this is that catchers tend to fall apart in September, which is rightfully understandable because you're crouching, you're on, you know, just, you know, knees take a hit. Uh, completely normal for catchers to fall apart in September. Uh, Yasmani does not do that. So last September, um, A12 career OPS to begin that. Uh, so in 2021, he had an OPS of 1.8, uh, batting average of 333. Uh, as well as a career-high weighted runs created plus of 160. the highest of anyone on the White Sox at the time through 320 plate appearances, and that was just with 13 games left in the regular season. So uh, again, with the pitch recognition, uh, in 2022, that seemed to completely go out the door. Uh, so last year, he had a 440, 441 WOBA, that's weighted on-base average, against velocity, against fastballs, and a 400 WOBA against breaking pitches. So uh, yeah, what made Yasmani a, a especially threatening hitter was that pitches pitchers had to be more creative with facing him and it went from essentially just uh, this high level of difficulty to a, an easy out yeah so uh, I I cannot words cannot express how disappointed I am
2: <laughs> and I heard uh, you're gonna bring us some uh, bacon some ex woova bacon
0: <laughs> yes yes uh-
2: <laughs> I don't even know what that means <laughs> I'm not Analytically inclined, the person that usually sits in this chair, Sean Anderson is. He knows all these uh, little uh, acronyms and uh, analytics uh, things. But I saw bacon. I was like, word, bring it in.
0: Absolutely. So a uh, little bit on ex, X-WO bacon or x wobicon bacon as uh, the vegetarians might pronounce it as. <laughs> uh, it's essentially uh, ex woba So um, expected weighted on base average, which factors in things like launch uh, angle and exit velocity uh, on contact. So it also factors in uh, things like home runs. And as you noticed, uh, he only hit five of those uh, this year. So his X-WO bacon, bacon this year was his career worst. Oh. Um, so he was was in the oh my gosh it's not even telling me how how bad it was uh, pretty much like the bottom five percent of the league so um uh, 308 was his uh, ex-wobacon ex-wobacon uh so
2: and last year let's see uh, i can't see it from here but it was in the 400
0: 455 so that's how year. telling
2: you how bad a precipitous drop that he had from year to year yeah i think at least You know that Yasmani Grandal is not this bad. At least I would think you would know everybody who's out there listening and watching. So this is the outlier. This year was the outlier for most White Sox people, especially Yasmani Grandal, because his stats were bottom of the league, not bottom of the league for catchers, bottom of the league for all hitters. And he was making $18 million this year and going to be making $18 million in 2023, his last year of his contract for the White Sox. I expect a huge bounce back because of time off, because of just as a professional that Yasmani Grandal is. He doesn't want to go into his walkie year being this guy because he won't get another contract. He right. won't be able to be signed by somebody for a lucrative deal because he's like 34 years old. This will probably be his last contract coming up this next year. So he will probably dedicate himself in this offseason, have a full year of health without an offseason uh, injury to rehab, I expect maybe not the 2021 Yasmani Grandal, but the 2020 Yasmani Grandal where his OPS was 773 because he loves Chicago.
0: <laughs> now it sounds, it may sound as if I am just completely on the verge of crying here uh just mainly because I am. No, I'm kidding. I'm. I, I won't cry at least that hard. <laughs> uh, but I, I really. I'm still a fan, and I really do hope that he bounces back in 2023. Uh, just mainly because uh, my reputation depends on it, uh, <laughs> and also too. Uh, for my sake and this entire team's, I, I just hope he stays injury-free uh, for in his last contract year. So I was extremely happy when he was signed in 2019. Uh, he had two very good years. Yep. I feel as if a lot of folks forget those first two years, just mainly because this past year was so terrible. Correct. Like, he was incredible last year. Oh, my like, goodness. Holy, oh my I God.
2: kept on telling Kansas City people after Salvi Perez hit those 50 home runs, like, Congratulations. Yasmani Grandal was a better catcher than Salvi Perez in the short period of time. He had just as big, I think even bigger f WAR than Salvi Perez. And we all know that's a cumulative stat. So having only 90 games yep. played where Salvi played almost 150, it's a big time difference. And the 23 home runs and 63 driven in and almost 930 uh, OPS was a great year for Yasmani Grandal. I just think people, as we said with the Yohan Mancada episode, pick their guy that they don't like. And once they don't have the good year, they're pouncing on it immediately. And Yasmani missed half the year, and so people are pouncing him. When he came back and start hitting the ball, they go, oh, you, you should have been healthy the whole year. Like, come on now. You got to give him credit when he does well because that 2021 was awesome.
0: Although a lot a lot of folks were getting on his low batting average too, and so I, I had to re-educate some people there and just be like, uh, he's not that kind of hitter. Yeah. Oh. Uh, He only has two outcomes. He either just completely clobbers the ball, or he gets on base. Or we talk about that September 2021. He was actually hitting for contact. So uh, typically, you don't mention Babip and Yasmani Grandal in the same sentence. But no, he was absolutely hitting for contact and power uh, for those two final months. And so a lot of people were saying, uh, "Yeah, it's because he had just recently come off of uh, of surgery. He had surgery uh, last year and then came back Mm -hmm. and was absolutely clobbering uh, the ball." And I was kind of hoping something similar would happen. in 2022 because again you know he spent some time on the injured list uh, even though he was obviously playing through an injury uh, and then uh yeah he was facing uh pitchers down in Charlotte uh I honestly don't think he rehabbed enough in my opinion uh but otherwise I was kind of hoping for that similar bounce back but that didn't happen uh but uh man Herb who knows at this point? Yeah. He just needs to be better.
2: We're going to give him Fs throughout the board. Defense, offense, overall, he failed miserably this year. If anybody failed, he was the worst player in White Sox this year. He was the personification of all the White Sox struggles, which kind of gives me hope because multiple things are going to happen next year that are going to help Yasmani Grandal. As you were saying, his pull, he's mostly pull-happy when he goes as a left-handed hitter. Shifts are done now, so it'll open up some spots where he was just hitting balls right to a guy that was playing medium right field, and he was throwing Yasmani Grandal out by 30 feet. Those things are over now. Those players have to play in the infield and two and two. One, two guys on both sides of second base, so Yasmani Grandal should see a tick up if you are batting average guys see a tick up a little bit in his batting average and his on-base percentage. And I feel like with his knee problems, uh, a thing of the past, hopefully, his power should return. Maybe not 23 home runs, but I think that he'll be much better than he was this year. So F all the way around the board, but there's got to be some positivity headed into 2023 because he's not going anywhere, folks. He's not getting traded. No one's taking $18 from one of the worst baseball players in 2022. So... Let me do a couple reads, and then we'll uh, get our guest on Jeff Perlman to talk about his new book about Bo Jackson. It is time for the DraftKings Play of the Week. I'm going to go with the World Series game. The whole series, they have odds on DraftKings. This is one of the reasons why I love DraftKings Sportsbook. They have multiple markets you can bet on and nice, innovative markets. They have one that says who's going to hit the most home runs in the series. Right now. You can get Bryce Harper at plus 600 to hit the most home runs in the series. The, I think the, the best odds or the worst odds are uh, Jordan Alvarez at plus 300. Good odds for you right there. But I think Bryce Harper, who's been hitting the ball off the cover, he's been doing very well. That's good value for you. I think he's the third or fourth highest uh, person in that thing. So go there to DraftKings Sportsbook. Bet on Bryce Harper hitting the most home runs this series even though i think they're going to get swept i think he's going to do well this series. Draft, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code CHGO and bet $5 to win $200 in free bets if your team wins in the World Series. One game. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code CHGO. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. MLB trademarks used with permission. And now Shaytung Custom Cornhole, the number one cornhole provider in Chicagoland and Illinois since 2007. Our signature box style design can be digitally printed, covered in vinyl, and painted. Our cornhole boards come with a built-in drink holders recessed in in the back, LEDs that light up the hole, and interior or and exterior handles for easy carrying and handcrafted scorekeepers. Veteran owned and operated, we can ship them anywhere and offer local pickups, specializing in corporate designs for your company's next marketing or social event, wedding gifts, or all gifts for all occasions, and especially tailgaters. And speaking of tailgaters, Chiton Cornhole made our boards, and the last Chicago Bears or CHGO Bears tailgate we went to, we had our Chiton Cornhole uh, boards out there with the bags. And as you see on the screen, November 6th, Bears versus Dolphins, CHGO, Bears tailgate again, corner of Michigan and Roosevelt will be out there from 8 a.m. to 12 noon right up to kickoff. You don't have tickets to the game. Cool. Come on out and have a good time with us and then go and watch the games with somewhere else or go and buy tickets on game time right there. The link is in the (laughs) description so you can always have a great time with us. It's a very inexpensive price. It's a, I think it's only $45 for you to go and have all the food and drink you want. Last time we had a food truck serving up some delicious Mexican food. I don't know Ooh. where we're going to have this time, but it's guaranteed to be. What are we having? Oh, we're having oh, burgers right. and dogs. Hell yeah. Oh, I'm okay. in. Oh,
0: so, so this is all inclusive. So food, yeah, drinks. Yeah, food, just absolutely drinks. Just...
2: It's a huge space, like right on the corner of Roosevelt and Michigan. It's like I did when they said it, I was like, where? I was like, I know where Roosevelt and Michigan is. And where are they going to have it? It's on the corner. Like, you know, right where Roosevelt, Michigan is, I think right across from the Aurelio's Pizza. It is a huge space. Very fun. We had a DJ playing hits all day long. You're going to enjoy yourself. And Shaitan Cornhole provided the boards for us. So I was getting killed by everybody out there throwing bags because I don't think it was regulation size. I don't think they <laughs> set up the Shaitan Cornhole boards way too far. So I was going real short with them. So Especially for tailgaters and backyard barbecues, chi Cornhole is the thing. And I look on the screen right now, man, oh, man, we got new sweatshirts for the CHGO Bears. If you look on your screen right now, it's a nice-ass sweatshirt with the Bears logo. And the Chicago Bulls, too, got the same sweatshirt. It's nice. CHGO with the bull dunking the ball. It's real, real sweet. If you go to allCHGO.com or the CHGO Locker, you can get yours right now. So this is just awesome. Kevin says we need Janice at the next tailgate.
0: Oh, hey, yeah. Yeah, I'll come through if uh, anyone wants to smoke at bags.
2: Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know if I can play bags correctly. I played them in Denver, <laughs> and we won. We did awesome. Me and my... Uh, fiance's brother we killed the family we were running the board
0: i was like what you what oh we didn't
2: we didn't theoretically <laughs> we didn't really kill him we you know figuratively metaphorically killed them. You, yeah, metaphorically you're we killed him on the on the on the boards it's a uh, november 6th it is my birthday janice so yeah oh. you can give me a birthday present by, by having your presence out there by killing waking, people
1: by waking up at 8 a.m or, or earlier than that and taking a
2: game and... for me yes I'm and so i can win
1: like 6 a.m 5.30 a.m., 6 a.m. to set
2: up? I mean, it's just like school. Yeah, just like it's like back no, in I, the I,
0: day. I, I, all hands on deck. Remember, that was like 17 years ago. I am not the same person I was 17 years ago, Herb.
2: You can go <laughs> check out their website at shytowncornhole.com and make sure you follow them on Instagram at shytowncustomcornholeboards. We're waiting for our uh, special guest, uh, Jeff Perlman. But in the interim, I was just looking about this, uh, this uh, tailgate we had the other day. It was... I forgot, Bears versus, um, was it the first game of the year? Oh, I think yeah. it was Bears versus 49ers. It I, was I, a... I
0: actually missed I, I missed the first tailgate. Oh, thank you, Hannah. I think you are very funny and cool, too.
2: It was just like, when we were going there, we're like, ah, oh, this is going to be fun. This tailgate's going to be fun, but the Bears are not going to be fun. It's just going to be a wreck. And that day, the Bears went out and did some damage versus the 49ers, came back and got a victory in the second half. I think people are going to feel the same way going to this game in November 6th. The Dolphins started off hot 3-0, and and I think they're now 3-4, and or 3-3. and So, you know, Tua Tagovailoa has had uh, his ups and downs with concussions and things like that. Come out and have a good time with us at that tailgate because no matter what the result of the game is later in the day, we're going to have an enjoyable time. And this time, actually, since it is my birthday, I can stay here. The last time I had to come back to this, these studios at CHGO and do a uh, – Pre-game show about the White Sox and the Detroit Tigers this time I have no such a thing
1: well honestly this tailgate truly and this isn't even just because we work at CHO. it really is one of the coolest and I think special and unique tailgates that are offered for the Bears I mean it's 46 45 46 dollars for free for all you can eat all you can drink four or five hours of just hanging out and I mean, it's a
2: quick walk over to Soldier Field, too.
1: Well, Yeah, yeah it's, it's the, like two blocks. It's so quick. Yeah, and it's it's just everyone should go. I think it's such a fun, like, thing that we've created here.
2: Yeah, and pick, and speaking of, it's so picturesque down in that area, too. It's just, like, you see the big buildings. You're right across the street from Grant Park. You see those statues. So, yeah, it's going to be a great time, Hat by All. Speaking of, our guest, let's uh, we'll just discuss the book that we've read already. It is Jeff Pearlman's book uh, about Bo Jackson, the last folk hero, the life and myth of Bo Jackson. What I took away from this book is that initially Bo Jackson was a terror. Like he was a person that deserved to be in a reform school or be in juvie because he was doing so much dirt, so much damage. And I like how Jeff pretty much just went into it and said that he was throwing rocks at cars. He was beating up kids (laughs) Every time because Bo Jackson had a stuttering problem and he was just going all out on kids, whoever would laugh at him while he stuttered. And so it was just like a terror. Uh, And, you know, back in the late 70s in that era, they didn't have like the speech pathologist that they have now. And you know Alabama, they were definitely not checking for poor black kids having um, a speech a speech impediments. So, what do you think about initially the first book? You talked about the introduction and how mm-hmm. thrilling and how like shocking it was to you.
0: I really liked the presentation of Bo Jackson as being just a, a very multifaceted individual, uh, even even as a child, where. Uh, Yeah, Uh, his upbringing uh, was—he—he definitely uh, did not have the best upbringing. He uh, talked or was brought up that uh, he was uh, whipped with an extension cable uh, by his mom. Mm -hmm. Uh, He like just made excuses to get people uh, uh, to—he—he basically found ways to pick fights with people. Yeah, I think uh, you mentioned his stuttering problem, uh, and he just was. Uh, i guess blessed with this size where he was able to just absolutely pummel people uh to kind of uh i guess uh respond to a lot of that bullying and uh yeah it, it was a really great depiction of uh i guess to put it shortly of uh, how he kind of developed into the person he was uh today or at least like even back in his heyday uh when he played for played professional baseball uh, and football uh but uh yeah just The first couple of chapters I was just really mesmerized by two of like I I said before biographies tend to be pretty dry but this one was definitely full of life Uh, and uh, especially uh, I thought that Jeff Perlman did an especially great job of uh, really just presenting uh, Bo Jackson as a a folk hero and uh, probably one thing that I'm curious about is Uh, if someone like Bo would be revered as much if he was uh, a popular athlete today. Oh, yeah. Uh, So I know, like, the presence of uh, things like Instagram, TikTok, uh, it definitely gives especially uh, young athletes a lot more visibility and a lot more uh, chances to go viral. A lot more eyes uh, are are basically on you in this day and age. So I'm wondering uh, if... uh, say if, if, if that's if the same type of person were uh, say around th- th- this day and age if uh if, yeah he'd be as well received by the public
2: I don't know I think firstly every coach would try to make him specialize you're either a football player or you're a baseball player mm-hmm. you're not going to do track you're not going to do wrestling you're out of all that stuff you are 100% a football player you are 100% a baseball player so I think this nowadays it's just been that, that kind of a vibe but no i don't think people would treat him the same like he would be a pariah people as you saw in the book like people were waiting for his downfall and telling and wanting him to tell them tell him i told you so you couldn't do both of these things you can't do baseball and football because football's too taxing it'll cost you your baseball career so yeah i think that the most things uh, of this era, I don't think you'll see another Bo Jackson or in the book they mentioned Deion Sanders, who also did the same thing where he's played baseball and played football at the same time. I don't, because specialization has been running rampant and I think that people are just uh, like against any athlete that is that talented because you read in the book, he did everything he wanted to without giving much effort at doing it. He didn't really lift weights. He was just naturally strong. He didn't really do anything to, you know, make himself faster. He was just naturally fast. He was naturally smart too, but he didn't study. He didn't want to do. He found things boring and he found things just regular. And there was so many times that Bo Jackson could have been even better than he showed if he even put like any type of effort into the weights any type of effort into studying after he was pretty much hundred percent. Hey, I'm Bo Jackson. I can throw my jock out there and do (laughs) everything I want to do. But if you guys are CHCO White Sox people, you're waiting for the White Sox turn. And he writes about it. Jeff Perlman writes about his White Sox time here. It was 91, I think until 93, the end of 93. And, the thing that stuck out to me is that the stories as a kid, I used to hear about Frank Thomas being such a jerk to every single person. And Jeff goes in on Frank Thomas and he gets quotes from people who were Frank Thomas's teammates and said, Frank was a, a terror. He was a mean guy to, a per, to people that he didn't need to be mean to, like clubbies and media people. But Bo was the person that said, hey, I remember you back in Auburn when you were a freshman and I was leaving school. Stop that stuff, you know. Bo got different perspective after his hip injury with the Raiders. It seemed like he became more of a student of the game of baseball. He became a lighter guy. He became more a friendly guy, understood the gifts that he was given and has been taken away and doesn't take it for granted now. And he wanted Frank to know that you can't just be a jerk all the time because Bo was a serious jerk in high school and college and in his pro career. And he realized after his hip uh, injury that – that all got taken away, and all the fans and all the uh, people who were cheering for him kind of went away, too, with all that uh, injuries, and the adulation went away, and so he got a, a bitter little pill to swallow, and that was good for him to pass that on to Frank, because it seems like Frank now, and I've met him in his playing career and post-playing career, he seems like a much gentler guy than the guy that was presented to us as the, uh, the ornery superstar. So, yeah, I just think that Jeff did a good job with this book. I I don't know what the miscommunication is. I hope he's doing well. I hope it's just he's on another call because he's been very busy. This is why we set it up at this time. He's been very busy promoting his book. It just came out yesterday. So if you have a chance, The Last Folk Hero, The Life and Myth of Bo Jackson is a good read. I am not a voracious reader, but I got through this book pretty quickly. I haven't finished it yet. It's about, what, 300-plus pages, Mm -hmm. but... It's a quick read, very quick read, and he goes into very descript details of how Bo did in high school, how he did as a little guy, and he's like, he's methodical about it. He's not rushing to get to the part that you want to get to. He's letting you and building a picture exactly of how Bo's life was. I felt like I was in Bessemer, Alabama, in poverty, running around, throwing rocks with Bo myself.
0: I especially really love the literary devices that he used, especially in terms of mythology. So he presents uh, Bo Jackson as this last folk hero. And so, like I said before, uh, the fact that uh, a lot of these stories about Bo uh, rely on personal accounts. And, of course, too, as the years pass by, some of those accounts uh, may or may not be true, as as uh, perhaps uh, true as individuals may feel they are. So a great example is the prologue. Uh, where they talk about uh, a flight on September 15th, 1991, where members of the Chicago White Sox uh, thought they were about to die in a plane crash. Yeah, uh, That is the opening line of the prologue. Uh, I am not para- paraphrasing anything, uh, nor is that a spoiler. Uh, that is how the book opens. Uh, and of course I was hooked. I just wanted to know more. Uh, I-, I kind of vaguely knew about this, but... Uh, the way that uh, Jeff really tells the story is really great. And the way that it ends, too. Uh, again, that, that literary device on uh, on mythology and just like a, a folk symbolism where uh, they say that some of the accounts mentioned uh, differ from one another. And mm-hmm. of course, too, the the, the the version of the story that, that's passed down is usually the one that is uh, told the loudest a lot of the times. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, as... Uh, as the reader, you have the option to believe this account. Um, it is up to you uh, whether to whether or not you want to just disbelieve it, or, you know, as the reader, you can maybe even, like, make something else up and pass that story along. That's kind of the way folktales work uh, in American literature. So, uh, yeah, I, I highly recommend this book. Uh, definitely reach out to your local public library, uh, check it out, or you purchase it at your local uh, bookstore. Uh, if your library doesn't carry it, tell your collection development people to buy it ASAP uh, just because, yeah, it's, it's a really highly enjoyable read.
2: And Zach and Porter with a, yeah, that's one of the stories in the book about how he received his name of Bo. Uh, his given name is Vincent Edward Jackson, so He has a a very, very special, unique way of how he got that name. It's not a great thing. If you are a part of PETA, you will not want to read this book because he gets into it, and it's very, very graphic. I just texted Jeff, and he said it's just a miscommunication, and we'll book him for another day. But we talked about the book, and we gave you exactly what it's about. It's up to you if you want to buy it. I would suggest if you are a fan of my age that enjoyed Bo Jackson – thought about the mythology about Bo Jackson, how great he was as a Raider, and how great he was in Super Tech Mobile. The best player in Super Tech Mobile history. You hand the ball to Bo Jackson at your own one, and you can just go all the way 99 yards with no problem. Just going fast, going through uh, tacklers, the best player of all time. And he was that in college. He was a diesel-ass running back in college that they didn't use enough. And yeah, Bo Jackson is a, a wonder to for, this world. For
0: a brief moment, I thought you meant that he was good at the game, and I mean, oh no, oh, at, at, he at probably point, was too. Like, playing it, himself. Like, if you were to tell me anything about Bo Jackson, I would probably believe it.
2: Yeah, I mean, he. <laughs> there's one story in there where he's talking, and I hope Jeff doesn't uh, mind that I say this. He's in a towel. And he sees a player on the White Sox, and this is in the 90s, playing ping pong, table tennis. And Bo's just getting out of the shower. He's like, yeah, let's play. And his towel drops. The guy hits the ball to Bo, and Bo hits it not with the paddle. (laughs) So there's some good stories about that. Steve Stax loves Bo Jackson loves him some Bo Jackson so read this book it gives you some insights of things that you never thought you were going to get because Jeff Perlman is a brilliant writer he wrote the uh, book about Showtime you see on the uh, I think the HBO special the Showtime special uh, where they're talking about Magic Johnson and old Jerry Buss days he wrote that book he wrote the book about the Dallas Cowboys back in the White House doing all the drugs and the girls and all this stuff back in the day he's a New York Times best-selling author. He wrote a book about the USFL and how Donald Trump bought a team there and that team didn't do so well. Jeff Perlman goes into those stories, and also one that I kind of disagreed with him on because he goes raw and he goes real into Walter Payton. I didn't think it was fair because Walter Payton's not here anymore, but Jeff is a good author, and he, as a journalist, goes to the stuff that he wants to talk about. So being that guy, I would uh, want to talk to him about this Bo Jackson stuff, and I had some pointed questions for him, especially about his Walter Payton book. But, you know, he didn't – He uh, we had some miscommunications. He's just texting me right now, so I think we're going to book him for another day. They'll probably do it for the CHGO White Sox show. I'm sorry that we didn't get Jeff Perlman on. I'm sorry if you people were waiting for him, but...
0: Well, I hope- really enjoyed this uh, this book talk, though. Yeah. This is a CHGO book club. We
2: should have a book club. Absolutely. I mean, my books would be like uh, Where the Sidewalk Ends. Those type of books.
0: That, that actually is a classic. I love I'm, Shel Silverstein. I, I'm a big Silverstein fan.
2: Yeah. I, those, those are my favorite books. Uh, the books I read as a high school or a middle schooler. Hey. Sarah?
1: You ever heard, I was just about to say, I, if I had to pick my favorite, like, sports book, have mm-hmm. you ever heard of Clash by, I think it's Jerry, Jerry something?
2: I I haven't, what it was it about?
1: It's, uh, it's literally, like, 150 pages, super fast, you can read it in a day, but it's it just goes through, like, this kid's story of him being the star football player, and then he ends up meeting a friend who's, like, a scrawny, like, no one likes him, he's bad at it. Like football and sports and it's kind of like their journey of becoming friends but he used to bully him and it's it's a very it's called crash Mm -hmm. it's by like jerry splander i want to say great book though highly recommend
2: that is the voice of
1: that 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 is jerry spinelli spinelli that's yeah
0: another classic author there yeah
1: this is a fantastic book it's definitely on my top favorite books of all time
0: Absolutely. So I, I used to be a former a youth services librarian. Okay. So I, I feel as if like, hey, uh, aren't you
2: always a youth services librarian once you start?
0: W- yeah. Well, well, once you start, you never stop. Uh, but what I always say is it doesn't matter what you read. It, it just matters that you're reading. That's all. Retweet. That, 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 that's all we really care about. We just want to give people in for access to information. You don't we, have to
2: just read War and Peace? No, no, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> okay.
0: Just as long as yeah, we don't even care if you're being noisy. Gone obviously. with the wind. Just, <laughs> j- j- just read. That's all we care about.
2: Man, old school in the library. Man, do they still have microfiche?
0: Uh yeah. Um at uh, at Harold Her- Washington they've got plenty of microfiche.
2: Um, some some uh, Dewey Decimal System. Uh,
0: that that's a little bit out of fashion because mm. Dewey is a also like a huge racist. So uh. yeah, we decided to uh. Move away from that. It's, Why the hell
2: they make me learn that?
0: It's a, it's, it's <laughs> a of thing uh, now. Library of Congress subject headings is, is, is what we stand.
2: Okay. There's, so. a bunch of, there's a bunch of garbage I learned at the Wheaton North uh, High School that I don't use currently or ever. So that's it for our show, CHO White Sox. The voice you heard before this that you didn't see the body, it is Sarah. Sarah Fichter? Yeah. Fichter? Okay. Sarah Fichter is our producer. Thank you very much, Sarah.
0: Thank you, Sarah. Always to, a pleasure.
2: To my left is the great Janice Scurio. Follow her on Twitter at Scuriosa. You can follow me at Ecknerwall That is Lawrence spelled backwards. Echnerwall23. Is for Robin Ventura, who is mentioned in this book too. It's a very good story about how he charged uh, Nolan Ryan. So Ooh, read timeless, the book.
0: Timeless account, There's yes. a
2: lot of good stuff in this book. That's why I'm so sad that Jeff didn't make it. So for, Je- for Janice, for Sarah... I'm Herb. We'll catch you tomorrow. Well, I'll catch you tomorrow. I think Vinny will be back. Sean will be back on Sunday. I appreciate Janice holding it down this whole week because she's been so solid, bringing all the great information. Thank you so much. And
0: and And, now I have two pairs of shoes that I don't know what to do with. yeah, Yeah, they're pretty
2: big. Pretty big on you, yeah. And I think that... We'll be having Janice back, hopefully, sometime in this offseason if she's available. She's a very busy person. So if Janice has some time, we'll ha- definitely have her back because one of these days I'm going to take a vacation. Then Sean and Vinny will have to talk to you okay. about some good stuff. And then the show will be much better. And i be like, why is Herb on the show?
0: All right, very happy to be uh, this show's uh, Leori Garcia with a little bit of a higher weighted runs created plus, though.
2: No, you are, <laughs> you are our show's. Aloy Jimenez you Aww. don't get you don't get injured as much as he does but when we get you in the st- in the studio you're hitting home runs it's awesome and we'll love to see you back here on CHGO White Sox one of these times because the shows have been very entertaining and been very fun for myself and for Sarah and for our guy Stephen Nicholas who I called Stephen Alexander the other day I'm still sorry Stephen Alexander for messing <laughs> your name up so for Janice for Sarah I'm Herb peace out